This is Nerd Podcast Radio, brought to you by our patrons at patreon.com slash nerdpodcastradio. Check out and support us on Patreon for tons of content, including a bonus episode for each episode. If you'd like to reach out to us, the best way to do that is our Nerd Podcast Radio Facebook page, where we share all sorts of nerdy stuff. You can also find us on Instagram, at Nerd Podcast Radio, and on Twitter, at Nerdcast Radio. Don't forget to review us on iTunes or whatever podcast provider you use. Reviews are important as they help our podcast grow. Thanks for listening, everyone. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Nerd Podcast Radio, your nerd home away from home. Welcome to Nerd Podcast Radio. I'm your host today, Super Vegan Brian, and I am joined by David D. Host. Hey, everybody. And we have a guest, which is starting to turn into an unofficial co-host role. Um, Amoeba, hello. Hi. Thank you for joining us this morning. It's nice to have you on. Yay, welcome back. Yay. Be careful. You keep coming on like this. They're going to keep coming on like this. They're going to rope you into doing this full time. I don't know. I love I being mean, on the podcast. We're really gonna have to the- start start changing our. I mean, either either we either we change our um, not safe for work rating, or we corrupt a child. What a, what a <laughs> She'll get you know. Eventually, she's gonna be old enough, uh, older, and we don't even have to worry about it anymore. I mean, uh, eventually, we only have like six, seven more years for that. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't worry don't worry about it um so we have a topic this morning um we're going to be talking about animals film and television i find this very interesting because a lot of stuff i've watched over the years that is some of my favorite things has had animals in it oh yeah and has also been filmed and or television so there's an entire subject in subsection of hollywood that deals almost exclusively with animals yeah. and i think we're going to have <laughs> really? a lot of yeah, I think oh, we're going to have a lot of fun talking about that. But first, but first, we have to play everybody's favorite game. What's nerdy with you? Where we talk about the nerdy things we've done over the next couple of the last couple of weeks or what's coming up in the next couple of weeks. And then we vote on them using uh, Mike Myler's patented widget system. And we decide who wins. Uh, guest will always go first. So, Amoeba, what's uh, what's nerdy with you? Hello? Awesome. Oh, no. All right. Um, well... Uh, okay, adjust the initiative order. All right. Oh, Sorry, Brian. I got disconnected. Oh, there yeah. we go. Hey, welcome right. back. Uh, what was the last thing you heard, Amoeba? Hello? 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 Can you hear us? You know, Brian, sometimes this- sometimes this connection um, through the uh, the portal is uh, not the greatest. You know, being that she is a, you know, a wanted um, arms smuggler in the interdimensional multiverse, um, it's a miracle that we can even get a solid connection to her. Yeah, I mean, maybe the, uh, maybe the, uh, the <laughs> uh, maybe, uh, maybe Interpol's finally closing in. Answering this call will place the current call on hold, and it's not giving me the option to join her in. Oh, was, listen, yeah, I, I, saw, I saw that get, too. That was weird. You guys get to get joy of, well, I mean, or you can actually like you know edit edit this out. Get it out. I, there we go. I thought 
Okay, uh, can you hear me? Yeah. Sorry, I got disconnected somehow. Yeah, apparently. My doesn't have the best Wi-Fi. I think uh, I think the TPS might be on you. You might need to switch locations <laughs> soon. <laughs> <laughs> I know, and my grandma doesn't have the best Wi-Fi. Oh, that's a good good reason. Well, you know, we'll 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 deal with we'll deal with technical and you know and um, interdimensional agency repercussions as we go. So, Amil, Amoeba, um, what was nerdy with you in the past few weeks? Um, well, uh, g- give me one second. I um I had some. Uh, oh, I know. I watched a lot. Well, this isn't. Um, uh, give me a sec. Yeah, right. You might actually have to do some editing and stuff. I time. might. I, you know, but I'm probably not gonna. You know, honestly, our macro does a lot of the work for me. I mean, just, it, when you remove the silence, it's just a, it's just me, but going, um, well, I did this thing rather than, um, followed by five minutes of silence. Fair, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> uh, would you like I, us I, to I skip you and then we'll come back to you? Um, no, no, I got this. Give okay. me a minute. Amoeba is finishing oh, yeah. building the robot. That was her nerdy thing. And it's going to land in front of one of them. <laughs> no. No. Um, I, I didn't even start the robot that I was planning to make. Uh, a true geek oh, oh, procrastination. Oh, 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 I remember now. I remember that I doodled this thing on my hand. Arm, so yay! My arm reminded me. Good job, arm. I survived three levels of Cuphead. Ooh, Cuphead's a fun game. Cuphead is yeah. one of mom. Wow, that's interesting. Cuphead. I survived three levels. Our, Cuphead was one of our earliest topics on the podcast. Really, Cuphead? Yeah. When Cuphead first came out, we were just starting the podcast, and Anthony brought it up. How cool it was! And then when Erica joined the podcast, she brought up Cuphead because she found out about it and was talking about how cool. So for for listeners who don't go that far back, what is Cuphead? Um, for, uh, well, Cuphead is like a very hard game. Uh, and from my understanding, it is a 2D uh, side-scrolling action shoot-'em-up game. Yes, in the style of in the style of cartoons. early cartoons. Yeah, not like, just Disney, our, but like early cartoons, like yeah. 30s and 40s like, cartoons. Like the like Felix the Cat. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Felix the Cat, cat. Bosco. And you're playing a character that literally has a cup for a head. Yep. And they have got a gun for a hit and they've got guns for hands. Yeah. It's a very, very fun, very, very challenging game. So you survived three levels? Yep. And I dealt one killing blow. Cool. Nice. I think the main appeal of the game is the the look and the the, the idea that you're seamlessly in the animation. Oh, yeah. Mm. I, I actually haven't played it myself, but I've seen enough of it played to know that it, it looks amazing and there's it's very old timey with the, the the silent movie cutaways for dialogue and yeah what kind of system did you play it on amoeba oh i played it on my aunt rachel's xbox and i died within 10 seconds on yeah, my that switch sounds, that sounds like cuphead yeah <laughs> <laughs> died within 10 seconds on the very first boss and it was only gooby legrand was this your first experience with Cuphead? No, I've played it before, but seriously, I didn't even get a single hit in on Goopy. What, Not what, a hit. What is Goopy? Literally just Goop. He's this sentient bouncing ball of goop with punch fist. Oh, he's cool looking. He's, he's a blue guy. Yeah, and 
I didn't even get to land a single hit on him because I don't know. But he killed me within just 10 seconds. 10 seconds I entered it on, and I was entering it on regular too, which is probably a bad choice. Just starting on regular, probably a bad choice. And that was just, that was me pausing for a minute because my, my wife decided to say goodbye to me. So that was very, I had a little sweet moment. So I didn't get to hear what you guys were talking about when I, when I, when I muted. <laughs> <laughs> It, it was it was me saying that starting on regular was a bad decision. Oh, okay. I saw this meme. It was Cuphead and Mugman saying, yeah, we finally beat it. And then Mugman said, now we just have to do it on regular. Yeah, and it's very, very un- unforgiving. I, know, like, I only play I know. things on easy myself. Yeah. But or, in Cuphead, even easy, mode don't, easy mode doesn't count. Yeah, I, easy mode is hard. Yeah, oh, wow. I've, I've never been a big fan of, of games like that. I've never been a fan of Dark Souls. I've never been a fan of, you know, beating like, your head against something over and over and over again is not fun for me. <laughs> so, Amoeba, as unofficial like co-host, Amoeba, as like, unofficial co-host, it is David's turn. So what do you say? Okay. No, what do you say? It's David's turn. Oh. What do you say? Um, David, what's dirty with you? Yes. Oh, thank you. Yay! Um, uh not not uh, not nothing that cool uh i've just been you know playing wow my gilby started raiding again and trying to figure out what i want to do for my birthday next week happy birthday to you thank you actually this uh actually i do not know what the state of the copyright on that song is amoeba (laughs) i'm i'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure it's uh, it's it's fair use, but uh, I'm pretty sure that song has become fair use. Yeah, but uh, yeah, this uh, this episode is actually going to drop on Wednesday, <laughs> which is in fact my birthday. So. <laughs> okay, then in that case, happy birthday to happy you. Birthday. I do not know what the copyright stance of that song is. I do know that at one point you could get fined for singing it. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's public domain. I'm going to Google point, this. But, yeah. Anyways. Yeah, I'm going to Google this. Thank you. Thank you, Amiba. I appreciate it. But uh, yeah, so I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to do for that. I think I'm just going to go do dinner at my mom's house or something. You know, just low key. I'm, I'm of the age of where it doesn't have to be a blowout. Plus, it's kind of hard to. to to plan like a party or anything what with the state of the world and all so. okay so for the past four years oh, it is, it's public domain, it's public domain. Public so okay, good. okay go ahead amoeba <laughs> happy birthday to you happy birthday to you happy birthday dear david the third happy birthday to you and many, and many more. I just said that. <laughs> I just said that. Uh, thank you both. I appreciate it. Great. Yay! Uh, yep. yep, I am turning 34 this year. We. Oh yeah, I know. I'm the youngest of this group, at least. Next next year, I get um, to celebrate. I'm literally next twelve. Year, I get to celebrate my second twenty first birthday. Wow! Going to Vegas, right? What? That, I want. What? I, actually, that's plan. Awesome. Uh, Your well, second twenty first birthday. My second twenty first birthday. So let, all right. Let, so let, math less. How old am I going to be if I'm going to be celebrating my second twenty first birthday? Ooh, ooh, I know, I know. Oh uh, no, no, no. Yes, congratulations. Ooh. And what is Yay, the significance? What is the significance of the number forty-two, David? Uh, it's the answer of life, the universe, and everything. Very good. Yeah, you know that. Although, I, I that. although you know the question, I I don't. Uh, the original British miniseries off the books they actually tell you the question of life, the universe, and everything. 
Was it like uh, apparently is what do you get when you multiply six by nine? <laughs> and, and the answer to that question is not 42. No, 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 no. The, the answer is 42. And the next line is, huh, I knew there was something fundamentally wrong with the universe. <laughs> Douglas Adams, great. Oh, yeah. Amazing. Yeah, well, the original. An entire topic on him. Ah, uh, so long and thanks for all the fish. So, what exactly was okay, where were you? nerdy uh, thing? I got sidetracked by the song. My, my nerdy thing is I've been playing uh, playing uh, computer games and going to work and trying to figure out what I'm going to do for my birthday. Oh, are you uh, going to uh, Vegas? Uh, no, not this weekend. Because that's uh, a very valid question with you. Soon. Can we hold on a sec? My headphones are tangled. Yep, you can, you can mute yourself and just fix it while we continue to talk. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, uh, Brian, what's, uh, what's been nerdy with you? Um, I have a bunch of stuff. Um, see, I always knew you'd have a bunch, because whenever I don't have much, you've got, you've got a bunch of stuff, and whenever I've got a bunch of stuff, you don't have much, so. Um, I have been, um, entering the mod world of Slay the Spire. Ooh. And I, um, I got the mod. Bug Knight, I got the Bug Knight mod of Slay the Spire, where it converts Slay the Spire into Hollow Knight, and they converted yeah. all the yeah, it um they converted all the acts to Slay the Spire. Yeah. They converted, hard. Well, Slay the Spire I is hard. Even, I haven't and, even gotten past the first episode past the first I haven't even gotten half the way through the first part of Hollow Knight. So because I'm not very experienced with Hollow Knight, I'd never actually played the game before. I, I'd seen yeah. the the way that like the visual of the game is very cool looking. Amoeba, can you give us a quick description of what Hollow Knight is? Hard. <laughs> play like a play like an insect in it, don't you? I don't know what that guy is. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> to be honest, I was just mom had just gotten me the game and I was like, ooh, what's this? I wasn't paying much attention other than that. The game has a lot of lore. Well, they somebody took the Hollow Knight game and they completely overhauled Slay the Spire. So you can play all three acts of Slay the Spire in the world of Hollow Knight. They didn't just copy the visuals. Oh, wow. They, they replaced all the monsters with Hollow Knight monsters. They replaced all the audio with Hollow Knight sounding music. And um, they changed all the events and lore of the game to Hollow Knight. So, like, as you go through Slay the Spire, you experience, so, like, the, the lore of Hollow Knight. So I've been, I've been playing Knight. that. Um, you're pretty I, much playing Hollow Knight. Yeah, I. But you're using the mechanics of the Spire. You're not playing a uh, a platformer. You're playing a deck building roguelike. Um, I then. Um, I also have been messing around with some of the anime mods. Um, I played um Marissa from. Oh God, I can't think of the name of that. It's that. It's that anime with the witches. Um, yeah. uh, Juju or something like that. I can't think of what it's called. It's it's one of the ones that doesn't have English English sub. Mm. Um, uh, I also found the one I played yesterday was this one called the Hermit, which is just a character mod where they add a character to the game. So if you haven't played Slay the Spire yet, Slay the Spire is a really fun deck building roguelike. It's a great introduction to deck builders. It is a fantastic roguelike where every time you play it, it's different. And um, the modding community has made so many really, really, really great mods for this game that you have infinite replayability. Um, there have okay. been in entire new acts added to the game there have been entire new classes some of which are great some of which are awful but the awful ones are fun to play too because of how awful they are um <laughs> 
sometimes uh, some, some things are just so awful they're good. In addition to that, I finally finished the novel based on the role-playing game I've been playing, Mind Jammer. Oh, nice. Um, so I so history of this, we, we started playing Mind Jammer, so I bought the books, and one of the books came with the novel. And I expected it to be a little short novel because it's partnered with a role-playing game. So I'm reading it, not really paying attention to how long the book is. And then I realized that it's just nuts long. It's it's a Kindle, so I can't. it's really hard for me to tell you how many pages it has. It's just, I was reading it for a few days and I looked at my percent done and my percent done was 25% and I was shocked. Um, I ended up taking a pause on that so I could read the Dresden Files book, Peace Talk, mm. and then I finally went back to it and sol- soldiered through and finished. Um, it is very good, but I probably am going to reread it because I didn't expect it to be as epic and deep as it was. It literally is a novel based around the characters that are the sample characters in the role-playing. Oh, interesting. Um, one of the things about Mind Jammer is nothing is canon. It's designed to be a world that you can play any game in, and the campaign they decided to do in this novel has to do with AIs trying to take over the universe. If you play Mind Jammer, it's probably not, you know, unless your GM decides that the world is going to be ta- AIs taking over the universe, it could be anything. Our game has not been that, as far as I know. But um, for the past few weeks, our game has been canceled, and I'm really excited that we get to play tonight. So um, in addition to that, I had a discussion with Anna Meyer about getting on to be a player in her game. Nice. Um, she's going to be running a zero-level game where everybody starts off being about 14 or 15 years old in a small village and has no class and just has ancestors. Interesting. It's going to be Pathfinder 2nd Edition. The only thing she's told me is her group of people is large that are interested in playing, mm-hmm. so I might not get play. Aww. But if I can't get in on the game, she wants me to come in and play MP. So I'm going to be involved, even if I'm not going to be a player. So I'm excited about that. Um, it's months away, but where I mean, I've been talking Anna about this game for like two years, mm-hmm. so it's really exciting that we finally have a date on when we might be playing. What's up? I have a question. So, if you're doing NPCs, doesn't that technically make them not NPCs because they're being played? The way I, the way <laughs> this is usually done is it's sort of like the GM of the game takes a step aside and lets someone else be GM. And you sort of work together to yeah. be the GM. Yeah, the, the game master of the game or dungeon master of the game as you'd probably be more familiar with. Please just say DM to keep it simple. Okay. Sure. So, um, it, it's sort of an advanced way of running a game and you bring in other people to help you run the characters that the player characters are are interact so generally what you do is you bring in somebody with a big personality to be a guest star and they would they would role play the characters and then if there was combat they would they would be managing the combat and then the and you kind of work together to how you're going to decide um speaking of which did i ever tell you david that at a con once i co-gm'd a game a pfs game oh no that's awesome i um there was a a game that they were throwing together. I don't remember which PFS scenario was it. It had to do with Nadal, and there was this whole thing about climbing. Um, there's this whole part about climbing. Um, uh, you're climbing up chains and have to fight Kaitons while you're fight climbing up chains. Anyway, I had played it once, and they were running, and I was like, I can't play. I've played it before and don't really want to do a replay thing. And the GM says, Why don't you GM 
it was. And it was great. It was really neat. We 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 found our stride. We were both talented GMs. We found our stride. We figured out how to do it. And um, because we were co-jamming, the party ended up splitting. What? Interesting. Yeah. I think they were more inclined split because they had two GMs to run things. Oh, that makes sense. If you have two GMs, you don't need the one DM to be doing everything and they won't get the stories mixed up. Yeah, so there's my big complex thing. It is time for voting. So, Amoeba, you have four widgets. Who do you give them to and why? Um, well, I would like to give two to Uncle Brian because I did not understand a word of that. <laughs> and two to David because I don't like giving one to myself. Oh, oh, you're sweet. You're not a terrible person. David, you have four. <laughs> Who do you give them to and why? Uh, I'm going to give three to Amoeba because Cuphead is a lot of fun. And I'm going to give one to Brian because I know how I, I know what waiting in a game limbo kind of feels like. And it sucks, but hey. Well, I am going to give two to David and two to Amoeba, which means Amoeba, as the player of Cuphead, you did the nerdiest thing. Yeah. So you will find a um, a community of widgets will be be living in your backyard. They, yeah, uh, there already is. Yeah, they're they're you know the instead of you know instead of shipping them, they just sort of spawn. They know where the winner is. Yeah, um, it's kind of un- scary. Unfortunately, we are we are dealing with the widget lives matter matter movement right now. So we we you know we're we're probably going to have to figure out what the new rules with widgets are. Oh my god. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so serious. Really. Just, why is the currency sentient? <laughs> well, we didn't why? really get much say of the matter. It just kind of happened. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I just hope that the current... I, since we don't use widgets in our day-to-day lives, I just hope that that currency sentient. <laughs> so, um, congratulations on winning. Um, so, they're in... Thank you. It'll help, my it'll help fund my interdimensional smuggle. I mean, travels. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, that Amoeba is now the queen of all widgets. And that being said, we are moving on to um, in the history of film and television, something that has been very fun to all of us is the appearance of animals in these things. Um, we have seen Lassie and Flipper and um, several animated films that also have animals in it. Plus, the we have to note the noteworthy stars of thrilling movies such as Bruce the Shark and Jaws. Mm-hmm. Animals have been been a big part of our entertainment experience throughout our lives. So, um, that being said, Amoeba, um, why are animals entertaining? Because they're adorable. Yeah, that's a big part of it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean... What's what's a good example of an adorable animal in a movie? Well, um, I've got a really good real-life example. A real-life um, example in a movie? <laughs> no, a real-life example of an adorable animal. Yeah, but unless they've been in a movie, they're not really um, they're not really aimed at this topic, are they? Yeah, we're, <laughs> we're talking about no, movie, but, uh, animals in movies and TV shows. You can, you can know, try really hard to bring up. But one adorable animal in a movie is they're in the Aristocat, and I don't really remember the name. Oh, which one? There were a lot of cats in that movie. They're the girl, they're the little girl kitten. Oh, the one with the bow? I don't remember her name either, but yeah, she's adorable. They all are, they're kittens. As you can hear by my typing, I am working quickly. Um, They were French, if memory serves. Marie, Marie. Yeah. Marie. Marie, yeah. um, Berlia, Berlioz, Berlioz, and Toulouse. Marie. 
Yep, Duch- the mother Duchess, her three kittens were Luz, Marie, Toulouse. I saw Aristocats for the first time last year when I when we first got Disney Plus. I saw Aristocats. Uh, such a fun movie. The music yeah, yeah. in mean, that is a lot of fun. Google if the song I want to sing is copyrighted. Of course I, it is. Yes, thank you for thank you for your concern about that. Um, we can we can say that everybody wants to be a cat. We can talk about the song. Oh yes, and we can talk about song. we can talk about the significance of jazz in that movie. Um, yeah, it, we, it's it's one of those movies that tries to show what the jazz scene back then was like because. At the time, jazz was considered vulgar and and uh, unlistenable to the people that were more into the, the more classical means of music that were around. And now, in the time that was portrayed in the movie, or in the time when the movie came out, because um, it was uh, in the seventies, the time that was portrayed in the movie. Yeah, I think Excuse that. Me? Yeah, I think that in the movie was portrayed in like the it was supposed to be like the early yeah the, the turn of the century turn, type, yeah the twenties yeah the cars I, they had were very very. Very, very early, early teens and twenties. Um, I'd like to say something. Of sure, course. go ahead. Everybody wants to be a cat. It's public domain. I uh, don't I don't think that. so. It's owned by Disney. I, <laughs> I googled it. If I know anything about Disney, they are fanatical with their lawyers. I don't know. Yeah, well, I'm gonna mute myself and sing it. <laughs> it is well, I mean, not the movies. Yeah, the movies on Disney Plus. If you, well, in fact, most of these movies we're going to talk about are on various streaming services. Okay, um, I sang it. What? So one of the things I caught about the Aristocats is it has a very loose story. It is mostly a bunch of characters running around with some songs included. Amoeba. I mean, they're trying to is, get home. Yeah. Well, actually, it, they're trying to get home after the. But the butler kicked him out. Yeah, he was trying because because the the heiress left her estate to the cats. Yes, <laughs> which is actually something I would totally do. Jet well, tire. I'm I'm not 100 percent sure that's actually goal, but yeah, it's it, I would it, totally it's a funny do that. premise. I'm pretty sure you could get that overturned in probate court, but that's that's beside the point. I think trying to get home is like the overall theme of most Disney movies involving animals. So like Lady yes. and the Tramp was the same thing. As was Homeward Bound and Homeward Bound 2. Oh, and... Wait, what? Have you not yeah. seen Homeward Bound? I've never even heard of it. No, oh, wait, so Homeward Lady Bound... and the Tramp is trying to get home? Yeah, because they... Um, uh, well, no, Lady and the Tramp is also about abandonment issues, and, you know, the, the whole thing with Lady is that she is discovering that when her owners have a kid, she's no longer as the center of attention as she used to be, and that's part of dealing... Yeah, it's, it's, they're trying to learn life, life lessons about how to deal with a growing family and abandonment issues. And I thought it was... In yes. the live action, they go in deeper and show that the Tramp had a home before. Oh. And he actually got kicked out because of the baby. Oh. And that's why he had the feelings that a baby ruins everything because it happened to him. They deepened it. Well, the... But I would like to... I, I always thought that was a love story. It is. It is a love story between between Lady and the Tramp, but when when um they are out, um she gets caught by the by the pound. She yeah. has to figure out how to get home. And then um the um then there's the whole like the family showing her that they accept her and that she's still part of the family even though they have a baby. Yeah. There's the um I highly recommend the live action version on Disney Plus. It is very good. Okay. Um I, they I gender flip one of the characters. Which Scotty, one? Scotty. Scotty becomes female. Oh. The, um. Um. What's What's Scotty's name? 
the what's who's the Scotty? Scotty? The the Scotty dog. Um, Scotty. He's a Scottish Terrier, I think, or something like that. Lady and the Tramp. I um Jock. Uh, Jock is male in the animated version and is female in the live action. Yeah, I don't remember who voices. Yeah. They're a dog. They're a dog. It's it's all about Isn't the voice that acting. Noticeable? The the main Isn't difference is who noticeable? voiced them. Really? Yeah. I thought it was a girl. I thought it was just a girl dog. Boy dog in the. It's very noticeable that it's a boy dog. I mean, it's voiced by a man, and I, I think they they really wanted to kind of give characters a little bit more story, and you know, it's all about huh. voice actor choice and stuff like that. Entirely. Where where a woman probably did a better job portraying the character than any man that looked at. Maybe they they also wanted to mix it up a bit because there is only one you know two female characters including the human woman in the in the animated version so they wanted to add a little bit more to it this this is true fair enough (laughs) oh disney Wait, wait a minute the baby wasn't a girl the baby wasn't actually a contributing character to the story. The baby is more of a plot device. Yes. But 100%. what gender was the baby? I don't know. I don't think, I don't know if it's ever brought up. That, that is Google a really it. good question. You know, we're going to name this top, this episode is going to be called, Yeah, but what gender was the baby? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they didn't have a gender reveal party in the movie, so I, I have no idea. Yeah, I didn't see any pink balloons at all. And I'm Googling it. Baby girl! Oh, wait, in the original, it's boy. Ha ha! (laughs) Point still stands. (laughs) So, regardless of what's said about the Lady in the Tramp live action, I enjoyed it just as much as I enjoyed the animated one. And and by the way, the first time I saw Lady in the Tramp, the animated one, was on Disney Plus as well. We watched it so we could, because I'd never seen it before. We watched it so we could. Can you repeat all of that? You just broke up a lot and then it crashed. Yeah, she's having connection issues. That We need to figure out a way to stabilize the Wi-Fi signal from the portal. I, you know... It, uh, no, I'm not my grandmother. It, in another dimension. No, I'm in the same <laughs> I'm literally sitting on my aunt's bed. Okay, so I'm not sure if it's the same dimension. Maintain your cover story of being at your grandmother's so you don't get in trouble with the intervention. Right, yes, alibi. <laughs> No, I, I, I really, my grandmother. Sure you are. Yes, yes, Amelia, we believe you. So since Amelia is at her grandmother, we are having connection problems. Uh, uh, no, I was, I, I don't remember exactly what I was just saying. I guess, Amelia, you're just going to have to listen to podcasts. What? <laughs> I think you're going to have to listen to podcasts <laughs> to know what I was saying, because I don't remember. Oh! Uh, so, so we have mentioned a bunch of stuff. Amoeba, it's your turn to ask Dave a question about animals in film and television. Did I just hear Momo? You did just hear Momo. She hey. is the extra unofficial host podcast. It's been a while since we've had our unofficial mascot on. Well, um, she can be a little bit more involved because um, um, Archie, thank you, because Archie is at um, summer camp. He has been oh. at summer camp for the last two weeks, and we are picking him my, up tomorrow. My dog's name Jewel. And we will definitely have to have a time to talk about the animals in our lives in this topic. So, like, put Cheshire a pin on Jewel. And- we will bring up Jewel's at the end of the episode, because Can I, I want to hear about Jewel's as well. Yes, but Can wait until we're done talking cat? about movies and film and TV, and we'll talk about the animals in our lives. Um, Cheshire is my pride and joy. I am going to bring it back to Amoeba. You have to ask a question to David. Right, right. David Theobald III. Yes. 
Which cat is your favorite cat of all television? Which cat? Cat, specifically. All right. Well, um, I would have to say Salem from uh, from uh, T- uh, Sabrina the Teenage Witch, the show from ABC back with the, uh, uh, what, what the hell is her name? Uh, I, I just see that. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. You, you can probably find that on streaming somewhere. So Sabrina the Teen- Teenage Witch was a... Um, what is the Teenage Witch? Is she Serena? Is Sabrina. She yeah. So. Sabrina. Oh, wait a minute. Sabrina Teenage Witch. Sabrina. Uh, I think yeah, I watched an episode. Wait a minute. I think I Wait, wait, wait. I actually watched an episode of that. I thought that oh, was a movie. It was from the late 90s, early 2000s, if memory serves. On ABC, I believe it was a it was it's a sitcom. I think it's on Netflix. On Netflix, there is a reboot of the show. Yeah, I've seen the reboot. Okay, it I, is I very mean, dark. Yeah, I mean the yeah. original show, the one that was actually a comedy <laughs> that wasn't dark at all. And Salem was the animatronic cat most show, and he wanted to take over the world. Yeah, yeah, he was a pinky in the brain. He was a warlock that was punished for trying to take over the world by being turned into a cat. I believe I that was. The Story. That sounds about right. Being a cat is not being a cat is not a punishment. If it is, that's the worst punishment ever. It is when you're a but warlock. Being the best, that is like the best punishment ever. Well, one of the side effects of being changed into a cat is he lost his power. Yeah, but so, you're a cat. So he talked, but that was about it. He was sort of the comedy yeah, addition like to the show. Plus, I mean, he could be a bit of a villain at times. Yeah, but yeah, but you're a cat. And sarcastic. Yeah, you're a cat. But still, you're a cat. I mean, this is kind of like the best thing ever. I'm a cat person you haven't been able to tell yet. Yeah, so, yeah, Salem was far and away my favorite cat in movies and TVs that I've seen. Uh, another really good one was uh, Shadow <laughs> from Homeward... Uh, not Shadow, uh, Sassy from Homeward Bound. She was, she's the fun uh, fun character. The, the, the way they voiced her and everything was fun. In, I have to say my favorite cat in television has to be Garfield. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I'm surprised Garfield is the answer, honestly. Garfield is funny. The original Garfield, th- this is an interesting fact, and if you watch Rick and Morty, you probably know this already. Garfield was voiced by an actor named Lorenzo Music in the original animation. Mm-hmm. And in the movie Garfield, Bill Murray did the voice of Garfield. Yeah. But Bill Murray's character in the real Ghostbusters was voiced by Lorenzo Music. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Did I just hear Momo again? Yeah, she's, you know, she gets involved. Can you send, can you send Momo my pet? And cuddles and affection. I can't now, but I will when she comes back because she will come back. Okay, but when she when she does come back, tell her that the cuddles are from Amelia. Okay. I can't resist cuddling a kitty. So David, what do you got for me? Yes. Uh, let's see. Ah, there we go. Um. Uh, well, I I'm aside from the the main differences between like animated animals and real life animals. Which 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 do you prefer to see? Do you, do you rather like uh uh anim- animated animals in movies or live action? Um, it depends on the movie. If there is um, tragedy involved, I would prefer them to be animated because my imagination, if you make them real, it's really hard for me to watch. Um, any kind of bad thing happening to an animal is a lot harder for me. I mean, it's hard for me watching animated stuff. So watching a sad thing happen to a real animal is 
like the worst. Fair enough. Um, except, you know, fuck that wolf in Homeward Bound. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I do want to talk about Homeward Bound real quick. Homeward Bound was based on a book for kids from a long time ago. I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, I, well, I'm not going to spoil anything. I'm just going to give you the direct premise. It came out Homeward- after Milo and Otis, but it was the, the it, it had three animals instead of two. Yeah, it's based on a book called The Incredible Journey, mm. and it's about a cat and a dog who get lost um, far away from home, and they travel across the country to get home. But one of the neat things about it is it's loosely based on a true story about how that happened with an actual dog. Oh, wow, that's amazing. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's, it's it's a great story, and quite honestly, Amelia, you, sh- you should watch it one of these days. It's a great movie. Uh, the voice actors for the animals are, um, uh, can, are can amazing. I got disconnected again. I said it's a really uh, Homeward Bound is a really good movie, and you should watch it. The connection uh, is terrible. The, the voice actors are great. The the production values are amazing. It's it's just a really good movie. I can't connect, but my the connection. Sequel, is the terrible. sequel was fun, but not as good because they were more just trying to get across the city of San Francisco. Cisco and I mean, while entertaining, nowhere near as good. Are yeah, you getting of any of this, Amoeba? Yeah, I'm getting it. I'm a bit tired right now. Oh, no worries. We're all a little tired right now. No, I was literally dragged out of bed. Yeah, it's been a long, like, six months for most of us, so we're, we're all kind of feeling it. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, I was literally dragged out of bed to come here and, and eat breakfast. So, Amoeba, I, I, I have I have a question for you. Um, yes? During, so we're in quarantine, and comfort movies and TV always really important to us during quarantine. A lot of us have, have jumped into things. <laughs> that really make us feel comfort and you know we watch we watch the stuff we like to watch which i've really just been texting my friend which film with animals um is the most comforting to you like what you know what movie with animals in it is like wrapping yourself up in a warm blanket and making yourself feel good I am going to save that string of um and use that in future episodes. <laughs> really? <laughs> oh, that was great. <laughs> I just had that. I just, well, David, I just while, while Amelia is thinking about her answer, you want to answer the same question? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, if I uh, my my response was honestly. <laughs> No, you, okay, now you lost your chance. We'll get to it right after David. <laughs> I don't know. It just popped in my head right. just then. So, David, what's yours? Honestly, I really, really like watching Homeward Bound. It's, it was the first movie that I... It was one of the, the movies I remember as a kid we wore out the VHS copy of because we used to watch it all the time. <laughs> and it, it's just one of those, you know, it's a it, it's a warm, comforting movie. I can, you know, just put it on and let it play and pick it up. And then it, it always... The, the happy ending at the end of it is, is very well-deserved. And it's it's just it's always been one of my one of those movies that always links me back to childhood. It's it's, it's fun. I, I I my answer for that one is Homer the first. The good I also one. love the forming of a friendship between a cat and dog. Yes, that was great. Uh, um, Amoeba. So what popped into your head? Song of the Sea. I don't know that. I don't know that one either. It's about it's about this girl who's um a silky. Oh and yeah, you mentioned that. You mentioned that. A, yeah, you mentioned that a few episodes back. And save all. She's trying to save all the fairies, and it's got lots of seals in it. 
Hmm, interesting. Okay. And it just it makes me feel this warm fuzzy feeling. It involves a lot of it involves a lot of mythology, and it's connected to the production firm that made um, the Secret of Kells, which is also related to fairies and Celtic mythology. Oh, all right. You know, I really like Celtic mythology. Yeah. Oh, Secret of Kells is actually actually would be my second choice because of of the the kitty. Secret of Kells is the only one of those I've actually seen, and I have to say the animation in that movie is fantastic. Oh, that's good. Hey, Brian, how about you? What's your uh, What's your comfort animal movie? Um, maybe the the whole line of Benji films. Benji, Ooh. come home. I I I grew up with those. Yeah. I mean, most of them were new <laughs> when I was little. All right, fair uh, enough. I I also really like Babe. Oh, Babe was fun. What? What? So Benji. Okay, so let's start with Benji. Benji. Um, was he's like a Cairn Terrier. He looks kind of like a Yorkie, except he's a little darker and scruffier. And he had all sorts of adventures in the late 70s, early 80s. He, you know, he was either lost and he had to come home, kind of like Homeward Bound. He didn't talk. He was, you know, he was the, he was a voiceless character, except for his bark. Um, or there were other ones where he had to rescue his owner. He was very similar to Lassie, except he was a little dog. Okay. Uh, can I, can oh, I do Lassie. a dog bark? I, I think you already I did. Think you already did. <laughs> no, that was a real dog, I think. <laughs> sure it was. Because I don't... Wait, Timmy fell down the well. Um, can you do what, can you do what bark sounds? Yeah, sure. Silence? <laughs> yeah, I've never heard him bark. He's a very quiet dog. Uh, that's funny. He's very quiet. He's never barked. So, he hasn't barked um, the whole time. So, so second, he just doesn't bark. Our second He's round really of round robin. Amoeba, it is your time to ask a question to either one of uh, us. Um, both of you. Is that an option? Yeah, sure. Both of you. Uh, also, you have to answer at the same time now. Mwahaha. I'm just kidding. Um, so, um, well, uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I just got a notification that says poor connection. All right, no worries. Um, I can I can sub in if you if you if you can't think of a question to ask right off the top. No, one sec. I got this. How do you feel about the movie Rio? Uh, that's the one about the blue macaw, right? Yep. It came out a, c- a couple of years ago. Uh, who's he voiced by? He's voiced by uh, the kid from I want to say the kid from Zombieland, but I could be wrong. I guess I could actually up. This is what I was thinking. Lose Brian? Yeah. I'm here. Oh, okay. We're talking, so. Okay, no, so. I, oh, I, Blue I, is voiced by Jesse Eisenberg. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. The, kid, the kid from Zombieland. You were correct. Yay. I, I wanted to call the bird Rio. I wanted to call Blue Rio. Yeah. Oh, it was 2011? Wow, that movie was a lot older than I thought it was. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I was like, um, one sec. Man, that movie had a good cast. Anne Hathaway, Jamie Foxx, George Lopez, Bill I Oh, I was five when it came out. I know. Oh. I the the thing that popped into my head right away is the blue macaw is now extinct. Yeah, sadly. And so I got sad as soon as you mentioned the episode blue. Yeah, the, blue, bird, the, the bird that the bird that blue is based on the macaw is now a fish stink. Just a few years after the movie, whoa, is that in the wild whoa, or whoa, 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 whoa. in the wild? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I was gonna say. I think they still have, they're still the birds in still exist but... in the domestication. They're just they they're they're extinct. Reintegrating a domesticated bird. Wild is very, very difficult. Mm, yeah. Let me. I have 
I have never seen the movie. I know oh. a little bit no, about it. It says, no, it says vulnerable, population freezing. Oh, okay. So I don't think they're really extinct yet. But, uh, yeah, it was, uh, I saw it Animals matter, people. Animals matter. Don't hunt them. When did the movie, David? I saw it when it came out. Uh, it was, it was a good movie. Uh, I mean, it's fairly standard for a kid's movie. It's, uh, uh, the story wasn't anything surprising. Uh, the whole idea is he is a blue macaw that's living with a woman, I believe, in Minnesota. And he, he doesn't, he can't fly. He doesn't know how to fly. So a scientist then tries to get him to mate with a, a blue macaw they have in captivity in Rio. And she's more of a wild bird. And uh, they escape, they get, they escape and hijinks. Is- <laughs> High fees hijinks. That's Cuphead level. Yeah. As they're trying to, as, as they're trying to get back to the, they get stolen by poachers. And it's, it's, it's a very, very fun movie. And, like I said, the cast was amazing. They had a lot of high, high, uh, high quality voice actors, a lot of big names. A very high quality movie. One of the interesting things about Rio is it is not Disney and it is oh. not DreamWorks. It was Blue Sky. What? Okay. Since when? Yeah, it is. I'm not gonna be Disney. right. It is not Disney or DreamWorks. It is done by the same company that produced Ice Age. Okay, which uh, DreamWorks is not not DreamWorks. Uh, Blue Sky is. Oh, geez, what company is that? I don't. I don't remember the parent yeah. company. Um, 20th Century Animation. I'm... Okay. It was a so they they are connected to oh. now. Now they weren't oh, at the wow. time, but yeah. The, um, some of the movies that were done, they've done Ice Age, <gasps> which is also an, which is also you can mute before you do that amoeba giant yawn ice age robots ice age meltdown horton hears a who they did a lot of animal stuff ice age wow. Dawn of dinosaur rio wow. ice age Drip. wait Epic. robots that movie with robin williams that suck i liked robots really why yeah, was that I, i've never seen robot you're not missing much <laughs> Um, I um. I feel like I'm missing a lot. Epic is really good. If you haven't seen Epic, I would see Epic. Oh, all right. Epic, I'll, I might have to look into that. You, if you haven't seen Epic, Amanda, you need to see Epic. Epic is about um fairies. <laughs> Um, yeah, that's on my to-watch list now. <laughs> and it was done by the same people who made Rio. Um, Rio okay, it's still on my to-watch list. They made the Peanuts movie, which is also involves a very oh. famous animal. Oh, uh, Woodstock! And Woodstock! Woodstock is my favorite! Do um, not forget Woodstock! Ferdinand, which is, which is a movie about an animal I that I completely seen. forgot about. I I didn't even know Ferdinand existed. And the most recent movie they made is Spies in Disguise. Uh, well, I've got one thing to say. I've got one thing to say right now. Just so you know, I'm pointing my finger guns at Do not forget Woodstock! I will not. Thank you. Um, David. Yes. Do, can you do an impression of what Woodstock sounds like on the Peanuts? Uh, sure. Here we go. Ready? Three, yeah. two, one. That was fantastic. Right? <laughs> that was I brilliant. That, I thought that was good. I tried. I really I gave think, it my all. I think yeah, um, that Snoopy. Was just, that was just perfect. The reason why Snoopy sounds the way he does in Peanuts is because he's an adult dog. Where if he was yeah. a if he was a puppy, we would be able to understand what he says. That makes sense. Because you know really? how Peanuts. Yeah, because the adults in Peanuts just sound like a trombone. <laughs> and Snoopy, when he talks, he's like. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! You're right. <gasps> 
But that's just a theory. Oh. <laughs> a Snoop. A Snoopy theory. Oh, that's good. That's good. Uh, that's actually right. the thing because I watched all of the I watched all of the food theory videos. Oh, nice. I mentioned uh, recorded, so I didn't bring it up again. Right, right. And all of them, like every single one. I watched all of them. But food theory is relatively new. Yeah, but still, I mean, that's that's a that's a binge. My favorite thing they did was um, they figured out what the best value of French fries at fast food was um, by a combination of math and actually ordering the fries and um, weighing them and, and filling the containers with um, flour. Oh, interesting. Yeah. They, what they was, did what was the answer? Or who, who, what was the, uh, what was the findings? Uh, the best value was a medium fry at um, a medium fry at um, Wendy's or McDonald's and the small fry at McDonald's. Um, All right. Why are we talking about McDonald's? I spaced out for a minute. Why are we oh, talking I about brought McDonald's? Up, I brought up Matt Pat's channel, the Food Theory channel, the newest theory channel, the Food Theory. Excuse yeah. me, as I um, excuse me, as I go subscribe to that. Yeah, ah, uh, ten, always fun. Uh, I, I okay, awesome. I'm going to break the red robin a little bit. Didn't you say you were going to try to get him on the podcast? I Yeah, he's a little big for us. Um, we'll, that would keep that trying. Would, that would be all right. I haven't been able to yeah, get him. That would be amazing. Network. Excuse me, and I'd like to be on that episode because that would um, that would be the best day of my life. I, I do not believe that that is a good idea. <laughs> Because you will just be screaming the entire time. Yeah. You work on your work on your excitement level. Then maybe I'm working on them already. If we have the loose possibility that we can get one of the most popular YouTubers on our podcast, That'd be, uh, uh, that would be great. Anyways, uh, I I am going to break the round robin and ask a question, David. I am sorry. Right. That's fine. Go uh, ahead. With sorry, can you repeat all that? I, I am going to. I'm going to ask a question to both of you. I'm going to start with David and move on to Amelia. Um, actually, I think I'm just going to ask David because I don't know if you can answer questions. Um, you can you can prove me wrong. You answer All right. What animation studio handles animals the best in Europe? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, well, I, I mean, the one who's been doing it the longest would definitely be Disney because they've been putting animals okay. in everything since uh, since Bambi. All that uh, Bambi was entirely animated. That's you never what actually, I was thinking. Disney. You never you never actually see a human being in that movie. Huh, fair. Well, I mean, Bambi's mother just gets shot. Yeah, but you but don't you actually see, see him. You just hear the shot. Curfew Hunter! Uh, yeah, I'd have to go with Disney. I think they have the best... They, they definitely go for realism. And Like, uh, when they did The Lion King, they actually studied real animals and how they moved to get all that... St- you know, they, they actually do their homework yeah. and put their research. I know, Disney puts a lot of effort into it. Disney also has their whole, like, animal department where they do the, the documentaries, so they have yeah. the resource. Yeah. Um, Amelia, do you have a different chance? No. Disney, Disney handles animals pretty great. I'm going to argue that DreamWorks does a really good job with animals. Okay. I'm going to do a... Seriously, no? I'm Ava, mute yourself. Seriously, give a hairbrush? One sec. There we go. Uh, All right. The the joy of having a teen on the podcast. <laughs> I mean, it's not as bad as it was the first couple, the the, for the very first time, but it's, it's oh, it was never bad. It was. Oh, I know. Joyful. It's not. Yeah, no, it's not bad. It's, you know, 
there's 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 little things. <laughs> um, the um, I I'm gonna argue that DreamWorks does a really decent job, not because of their understanding of animals and animation, but because they characterize the animals, in my opinion, better. I think that the um, American Tail, the characterization of the mice, and make them representative of the Jewish population escaping Russia during the pogrom was brilliant, and I think mice are very well represented in that movie. All right, that you make a very fair point. And, you know, because uh, there are no cats in America. No, absolutely. And that is uh, that is that is a very very good point. You can really really oh, see. Yeah. All right, you need to stay muted. <laughs> there. Uh. Yeah, 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 Sorry. admin powers. No worries. I went to get some of the coffee cake. But you can do that and mute and let us know in the chat that you're going AFK. Okay. Um, I um, So I was saying that I think Amer- um, while Disney has the history and does a really good job of portraying animals, I think DreamWorks does a better job of characterizing those animals. And I used American Tale as a sample. No, that's a good one. Um, American Tale is a great, great work. And I agree. I believe uh, the, the way that the might read. I don't know. Volumes you can give Spielberg most of the credit of that. Yeah, well, he was a visionary back then. Well, the, yeah, and then the story was really important to him, and they were trying to break into the animation world. That was the thing is they were trying to, they, they, you know, you're going up against the juggernaut that is Disney, and you got you gotta you gotta do something to, to set yourself apart. So, a good one. Uh, let's see. Um, oh, uh, Brian. Uh, yes. And, and Amoeba as well when we get there. But uh, Brian, uh, what what uh, what uh, animal death uh, moved you? Just, you know, oh animal God. Animal? Um, Marley from Marley and Me. Ooh, that's a good one. Um, not only because of the movie, but the book. The um, I listened to the book writ- read by Neil Patrick Harris while I was on a road trip, and oh my gosh, both are just devastating. I have to say that Marley is a better movie than people know. Um, a lot of people were very disappointed with it because the marketing company decided to portray it as a comedy and not a heart wrenching tale. I can honestly say I've never seen it. So it is about um, and I will quote the book here. It is about the worst dog in the world. It is about how people get this dog that is awful, like they completely out of control and they become they fall completely in love with him. And then when he passes away, it is very hard. Um, and I think sort of like it's sort of like about and it's how, portrayed as a comedy. Wow. Yeah. Wow. It, they didn't do a very good mark in the movie, but the movie is very good and the book is very good. Um, and the um, there are funny scenes in the movie because the 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 dog is kind of crazy. I think they were trying to portray it that way because they didn't want to, you know, they didn't want to lose the children's market. But a lot of people were upset when they brought their kids to the movie and the movie ended up making them cry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that'll happen. <laughs> that's that's a big problem with any movie involving an animal in that they will be marketing children. Um, a big example of this was Kangaroo Jack, which is not really about the kangaroo at all. Oh, that was that I live action thing was- they did. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. At the the like marketing the of that movie made you think the movie was about a talking kangaroo. Yeah. Where the only scene in the movie with a talking kangaroo is a hallucination. Right. Jesus, I forgot about that. <laughs> I like The Rescuers. The Rescuers was good. The Rescuers is my favorite Disney animated movie involving animals. I I was a I I, I grew up more with The Rescuers Down Under, but uh, the sequel, but the first one was good too. 
I mean, if we're going to talk about Disney, I already said my favorite. Amoeba, what is your favorite Disney involving animals? Rescuers. Yeah. What is your second favorite? Because I already said it. <laughs> um, probably. Does it have to be a movie movie? Yeah. Can it be a cartoon? Oh, it, can be, it can be a cartoon. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Puppy Dog was, Pal. What was it? Say that again. Puppy Dog Pal. Pup, puppy Dog Pal. I, I don't, don't know. I don't know that one. It's a cartoon. Like a cartoon show it or a movie? Is, it is a show. show. Oh, and okay. it is, um, oh my gosh, I need to watch this. It looks like it's aimed towards smaller children. It is. It is about Bingo and Raleigh. Oh my God, it's about pugs. Okay, I need to watch that. Exactly. <laughs> well, Brian found something else to binge watch, right? I have to right? say that the, the animation is awful. Okay. Would you agree with that, Amoeba, that the animation is pretty bad? No, it's decent. I mean, I hate that the run cycles are the same, always. Well, that's, that's what I'm standard with decent most otherwise. cartoons, so... It's decent otherwise. I mean, especially depending on how old it is, that's a lot more common the older I am, I am really happy you are on. Because it's actually pretty new. I'm really happy you are on, Amoeba, because that would not have come up if if, if you weren't here. It's yeah, nice no to get your perspective. I know. My little sister's watching right now. Oh. And it's really good. What about you, David? Oh, that's a tough question. Um, I think my favorite uh, cartoon or movie with Anne uh, focused around animals. Uh, I grew up watching um, watching most of the older Disney movies. So uh, when we were growing up, it was you know the the live action ones, the Homeward Bound, the Homeward Bound Two. Uh, the we'd watch the Jungle Book. We'd watch uh, Lion King. We'd watch all kinds of good. I, I I would have to say Lion's the one I would rewatch the most or throw in just for the hell of it. Did you enjoy the live action version of that? I haven't seen it. I'm probably not going to, to be honest. Oh, I enjoyed it a lot. It it yeah. it um I will try to sell you on it. Right. And that just, it is so well done that you often forget you're watching an animation. Alright, I'll give you that. I just wait, I, wait, what movie are we talking about now? The Lion King live action version. David is so is so in love with the original Lion King that he hasn't seen it yet. Is that is I'm getting that part of it. It's, the original. It's it's more just I the whole Disney live action thing they've been doing. They started with uh, I think it was what was it? Cinderella was one of the first ones, and Beauty and the Beast. And I just I have no yeah, I, real interest to watch them try and redo something that was already a classic. And I from know, what I've seen of, from what I've seen of other movies that just it just it ruins the magic as it were in my opinion. And yeah, I don't yeah, know. It, I, I saw Aladdin and I hated it. Exactly. I've seen enough. I haven't actually seen the movie, but I've seen enough clips and enough scenes and stuff from it to know that no, thank you. <laughs> yeah. It's a good point. I mean, the the whole thing about making those Disney yeah, movies no, live thanks. action is um, it's a giant cash. Yeah. It's they were literally yeah, trying totally. to figure out a way to, to 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 beat those horses again to get more money out of them. Yeah. I, it's not cool, dude. That being said, I think that the live action Jungle Book was precious and very. Right. Well done. Yeah, I, think I, yeah, I, I do. Not. You do not. I, I, I think John Favreau is a fantastic director, and I think he did a very good job making it. I, I mean, there were there were parts of it that 
I felt like I was pulled into the world of the original animation. I think they did a very, very, very good job. Um, I um, I was a little disappointed that they cut the Trust in Me song. They filmed the Trust in Me song, but they cut it. Uh, oh, my or- God. They Trust play it like my favorite. Yeah, they play it during the credits. Uh, it's not cool to cut it. It's just not cool. Half the fun of the original Jungle Book for me was the fact that you could see a lot of the re- the animation all redone in uh, Robin Hood. <laughs> Yeah, oh, yeah, Disney is notorious for u- reusing their... I know, but that's just, like, blatant. <laughs> Wait, really? Yeah, oh, yeah, they reused the animation. They just drew they drew they're new the... artwork on top of it. Yeah, they're the same type of animal. They have the same type of animals playing roughly the same roles. So when they did the dance scenes and all that, they just reused the animation sh- shots they already had. When I was a little kid, when I was a little kid and I saw, when I saw Robin Hood, I literally thought of it as they used used the same actors to play the same characters. <laughs> nice. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it's it's just it's it's the way you did things back then. It, it was really expensive to animate back then because they had to draw every individual frame by hand. So if you could get away with shortcuts like that, you'd do it. And the way they did the Robin Hood came out so quickly after the book because they they did that. They were able to pump movies out relatively quickly because otherwise they would have had to you know spend years reshooting everything and redrawing everything. And why why do that when you could just change costumes? I know. Right? Yeah, I really don't get. It. And Skype is Skype is just weird. So I like went out for a minute, and then when I came back in, Uncle Brian's picture was like halfway across my screen. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it was like it was like on the very corner of my phone. Oh, my phone's nice. been doing that a lot. Like it started with my favorite game, with my new favorite game, with one of my favorites, Gotcha Club. Like Gotcha Club was just all the way in the bottom of the corner. It's supposed to be full screen. Gotcha. So um, we are gotcha. we are at the end of time. We are at the end of time for our topic. So we're going to be jumping into tales from the extra dimensional portal, 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 portal. So um, portal, 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 portal. I would like to talk about some of the conversations I have been having with the doctor. Um, the doctor. If you haven't been listening to our show, you should know that we attempted to use our portal, and I was transported to um, what I believe was a version of the TARDIS. But when we met the doctor, the doctor spoke with a Russian accent. And when we asked about why it was Russian instead of English, we got a vague explanation about dimensions and probability and how. What? Yes, yes. We, we met the doctor, but we, we met at least a version of the doctor. Well, you um, keep saying we. It was you because uh, the rest of us were kind of sitting here wondering what was going on because you disappeared. <laughs> I and, really uh, even... you, have, you have to trust me that this actually happened reality, that I, I was transported. Um, I wasn't even present. I mean, I, I believe that, you. Before you I was to, that was before I was allowed on the podcast. If you listen to the podcast, actually, no, it was not. It was not that long ago. That, oh, really? I so, just wasn't on. I was just unlucky enough to not be on. So the doctor has been sending me manuals on how what she describes as our TARDIS works. Um, huh. She, I, I <laughs> don't believe, I don't that our extra-dimensional portal is in fact the TARDIS, even though well, she insists it is. I mean, legally, legally, it can't be. No, no, no. <laughs> it's not a TARDIS. It's a TARDIS. I swear. I mean, it does um, travel time space. But um, it's not a, a, a TARDIS. Lots of things. I would argue that our extra-dimensional 
Vanished Portal is superior to TARDISes in ways yes. in that it can go to fictional dimensions. You know, yeah. it, it's more of a multiverse dimensional device. I would I would compare it more to Rick's um, portal gun. Yeah. But maybe Same. even superior to that, I, I just want to claim that, you know. Considering that our, we don't actually need to physically hold it to work it, I can just, like, I can just turn a key. When did you get a key? Um, <laughs> um I've always had one. That is good to know. Um, huh. Yeah, I've always had a so key to the dimensional so portal. So that's what that keyhole's for. Okay. Yes, that's good my personal keyhole. And I can just turn it anywhere and like I could if I had my key on me, I could just turn it and pop to the portal. Well, I I have been analyzing the data that the doctor has sent. Me. And I, you know, I we talked about this last time when I used it and we were able to interview one of the characters from the Dresden files. Um wait, 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 wait. Which character? Um, well, we were attempting contact Harry, and then all we heard was woofing coming from the other end. So we think it may have been Mouse. You know, every time you do that, my mic, my my headset goes dead, and I can't talk for. It's weird. You know, I know, I, I know. Really, I would have truly loved to. I would have truly loved to be on that. It's very strange when you know. Very often, one of our hosts becomes I, absent when we when we contact someone through the portal. I know. It's like they just stay behind. Maybe they're staying behind to operate. Yeah, I mean, I'm starting to think that the portal has a finite number of uh, number of people that it can transport around or connect up. You know, when, when we add somebody I, new, someone else has to has to get let go for a little while. So, um, I mean, yeah, or maybe they're just going downstairs in case. So I was using these manuals to try to operate the portal, <laughs> and um, I have been locked out of operation. Uh oh. Um, um, yeah, I um kind of overread it. Yeah, I used an override. Well, that's good to know. <laughs> and I have no contentions to give you that control of the portal. Okay. It is my portal now. Yeah. So we are going to deal with that future episode. <laughs> uh, hers is an evil laugh. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, yeah, I have all these red lights on my on my end that are telling me that I'm locked out of operation, apparently. Uh, because I overrid your, all your control. All my lights are green now. Okay. Well, that that is that is an interesting development. Well, we talked about animals <laughs> in film and TV today. Oh, wait. Um, you said that we could talk about the animals in our life. And because we talked about animal film and TV, I wanted to bring up that we can talk about the animals that are, are precious to us. We have to do this quickly because we're running out of time. Okay. I would um, like to talk about Cheshire. And I assume Cheshire is cat. Yes, well done. I mean, I already know. It's a fairly safe assumption. Most people wouldn't. I I don't know of a single person that would name a dog Cheshire. Or a parrot. (laughs) Yeah. So, my cat Cheshire is actually magical. Okay. Literal magic. He can teleport. That is uh, definitely magical. (laughs) There's cats that can't teleport? Yeah, there are cats that can and can't. That's news to me. Cheshire is a cat that can. And he's Momo can teleport, little... especially when I'm recording. <laughs> yeah. And oh. Cheshire is the cuddliest little angel. A lot of cats have the ability to blink. Yes, so. yes, but my cat Cheshire, he is super cuddly and adorable. And I actually found him outside of Bill's Donut. And he you've just had him. You've, he's your newest cat, right? Well, technically Maynard is. Oh, okay. 
Uncle Dustin living with us now. Oh yeah, and 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 Uncle Dustin brought his um, you know, his lead Peter. singer, his lead singer of the cat version of Tool. Uh. <laughs> 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 and Cheshire, and Cheshire's, oh, and Cheshire's like seriously, Cheshire's like, what the hell, humans? Why did you bring a dog? How dare you? That's kind of what Cheshire's been like. Yeah, cats and dogs don't get along all that well. So this is funny. So Cheshire and Sam were just, so for some reason, all three pets were in the bathroom. And Cheshire and Sam were sitting on either side of the sink, glaring at the dog. And Dad walked in and he said, look at you two ganging up up against the dog. I'm so proud of you. Oh, I I think it's interesting that you have all the cats that have been in a cat-only house and then they have been introduced to this monstrosity of a dog. (laughs) I know. What kind of dog dog duels? He's a St. Bernard. What? St. Bernard Poodle hybrid. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. giant! Well, not as big as a traditional St. Bernard, but yeah. He's only like six months old, right? Oh, wow. Yeah. That dog's going to get quite large. Yep, he is He's my lap dog, apparently. Not for not for very long. <laughs> nope, he plans to sit on my lap the rest of his puppy life. And big dog life. And life in general. Yeah, you're going to be able so, to ride him before... Yes, that's how I plan to walk him when he's taken out. I'm going to tame him, and then I'm going to ride him. Standard poodles are already pretty big, and then St. Bernard's are monstrous. So it's going to be a huge dog. Yep, and I'm going to get... So I'm basically getting a horse out of this. She's got her own version of mouse. Okay. I'm yeah, going I'm to turn the topic... Amelia, Amelia, you can't control the topic forever. (laughs) I'm going to turn the topic over to David. I don't think you have any pets now, but have you ever had any pets that have been precious in your life? Uh, No, I have been part of a pet-free family my entire life. I've never had a pet. You may uh, have, I had I had some like goldfish growing up, but that was about it. That counts. Yeah. I mean, you they may not consider Sam your pet. You're welcome. Oh, okay. Um, when I lived with my uh, friends in college in Long Beach, we had a cat, but it wasn't my cat. It was one of my roommates' cats, and that thing was pure evil. So. Oh, you mean like Sam? Uh, yeah. Mo- Moogle was the cat's name, and uh, yeah, it was. I mean, he was nice enough, but he was also Satan when he wanted to be. <laughs> As all cats usually are. My most precious... Amelia! Amelia, come on. Other people have to talk. (laughs) But Cheshire. Cheshire. (laughs) My most precious... Um, Actually, Amelia, why don't you answer the question? What is the most precious pet I have ever had? Momo. No. Archie? No, not now. It's not a pet I have now. Um, it it was I forgot the York Terrier's name. Chuck. Chuck. I had Chuck for his entire life, and he was he was great, and he was also the the first pet I lived alone with, so he's very Aww. special. Yeah. I have to, oh, speaking of pets, I'm seeing a kitty cat right now named Merlin. I'm still on the pod. I'm still on the podcast, guys. Goodness gracious, what are you doing with that cat? <laughs> Picking him up. He's an old cat. His name. His name is Merlin. He's named after a wither. I've cornered him. He's so soft. No, you cannot oh. escape me, Merlin. I will pet you. Be, be careful about angering wizards. <laughs> so but that is no. it for our podcast episode. We talked about Jeez. Amelia. <laughs> <laughs> Amelia apparently drank six cups of coffee before she joined us today. Yeah, no <laughs> kidding. Breakfast, breakfast, breakfast was like a bowl of sugar and a, uh, an entire pot of coffee. Three lines of coke. <laughs> I've got a baby in the room with me because I forgot to lock the door. Hi, Rowan. Uncle Brian says hi. Say hi. Oh, hi, Uncle Brian. Brian. Say hi. Oh. Hi, Uncle Brian.
And the baby has made her first appearance on on the podcast. Yes. Now. All right. Hey, Brian, adorable. we're running out of time. Why don't you bring us on home? Yes. We talk <laughs> about movies with animals in it today. Amelia, <laughs> mute yourself. Yep. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. And and Amelia was our surprise guest today. She joined us and and and, and added her mom, own version of adolescent chaos to the show today. Because um, my mom didn't want to join. So we um yeah good topic. Um, that was a fun one. Yeah, I have been Vegan Brian. I was joined by Dave, the co-host of the show. By Nurse. And my favorite niece. One of my favorite niece, Amoeba. Bye! And um, that said, I want to end the show with um, five special words. Love you, love you first. Ah! Stay nerdy, stay informed, and stay awesome. Stay awesome. That was exactly five words. Thank you. Bye, Amoeba. Bye.